With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay. As always, it's August. It is the worst month of the year for hockey. So we figured we'll make it a little better for you by bringing back our favorite guest, Alex Rajaniemi from Altitude Sports Radio. Raj, thank you so much for joining us today because God knows we all need it. Fellas, it's it's good to see. You. It's good to be back on. Um, as I was telling you before we hit the the big red record button, I I can only talk football for so many hours during the day on the radio, and I need I need my hockey fix. So I'm happy you guys gave me a ring. It's our pleasure. You always come and you you teach us a few things that uh, I'd say we need every now and again. And now that we're here in August and we've talked most of this off season to death, why not talk it to death a little more? We can just hop right into it. Last time we talked to you, I believe, was right before the Seattle series. We all said abs in five, maybe six at that point. Yeah, those are you- bad takes from yeah. us. Yeah, you yeah, know, but far, far <laughs> for the course from us, I suppose. But now that that loss is over two months old at this point, probably even almost two and a half at this point, how do you feel the abs have responded to that loss? Do you feel like the moves that they've made – address the issues that came with that loss to the Kraken? I mean, I I feel like they addressed the glaring issue of like grit and size and compete in their bottom six. They were able to address that. But guys, I, I mean, with this crazy good core with the abs, COVID could not have hit at a worse time. And it turns it into a flat salary cap era where, you have to find a way to win despite paying, you know, Nathan McKinnon $12.6 million next year. It's going to be tough up until the cap jumps up into the mid nineties over the next, you know, three, four seasons that they're not going to be able to address everything every off season. Um, I think they had to make one decision. What are you going to address? Is it going to be depth scoring? Is it going to be second line center, like a true second line center? Or is it going to be, I guess, an identity change for your team? And 
while the identity of the abs is and always will be your top unit, right? It's going to be the McKinnon, the Rantanen, the McCars and uh, Taves, Landeskog when he's healthy. It'll be those guys. But what the rest of the crew was missing was was grit and and they didn't they simply didn't have it. I mean, they had a bunch of guys step up during the regular season comp for Rodriguez. And then when it came time for the playoffs and you lose a guy like Val Nachushkin, you know, because he made a poor decision off the ice, you needed those guys to step up. And unfortunately they didn't. Um you had Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, Miko Rantanen, and a bunch of other guys. You can throw Lekinen in there too, because I like how he plays every single night. But um it, it was really tough to overcome and you just simply didn't have the you didn't have the depth to compete with Seattle. Like that's what that's what Seattle had that I didn't give them enough props for was solid depth. I I didn't think they could win because they didn't have the guy. And it, that reared its head for them in round two against Dallas, right? But I think they did a good job. I, I like Ross Colton a lot. It's a little bit of an overpay. I liked Miles Wood two years ago, like really liked him two years <laughs> ago. And I've been a fan of Ryan Johansson. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of support for the idea of a second line center. But when you realize what you have to pay to get a second line center, people don't realize that like they just don't grow on trees and they cost like $8 million. Um, so the fact that you got Johansson, who's looking for reclamation at half of that price, I was happy with it. I think it was a bargain deal. Of those players, which one are you most excited to see play with the Avs? <laughs> it has to be Johansson just because his role is so elevated. Um, I'm most intrigued to see Druen. And like Ross Colton doesn't, excite me because I think I know what you're going to get out of him. I think he's just going to be a solid third line center. He's going to be a prick to play against, which he is like, he is, he's a guy that you hate to have on any other opposing team, but he's going to be awesome to have on yours. Um, complete prick. We saw him fight Logan O'Connor twice yep. in the cup final a couple of years ago. Uh, he's probably going to kill penalties, which is something that he hasn't done dating back to his college days. Uh, and so for like for that reason, excited over Ross Colton? No. Excited over Ryan Johansson? Yes, because if you can get him $4 million and get the Johansson of two years ago or the Johansson of four years ago, he's going to be unreal. Um, Wood is a question mark because I don't know what he's going to be after his hip surgeries, right? He took a step back last year. He can be a little bit of a penalty liability, but again, McFarlane and Sackick had a directive this year. It was to get meaner, grittier, and nastier up front. And with Colton and Wood, they did that. Yeah, and you look at Brian Johansson. I mean, I'm I've been a little bit concerned by the the lack of foot speed with him, and also coming off of a pretty serious injury himself. And I I think I totally agree. Like in terms of excitement, I want to see how Johansson and Druan fit with this team. I love the Colton edition but I feel like we all know what that's going to be. I'd be very surprised to see that he like somehow doesn't work out or breaks out into like a new echelon of player. It just feels like that's a pretty safe acquisition. While these two, Johansson could go great. It also could go horribly wrong. And then Jonathan Druen could be the next top line winger on this team, a great Robin to Nathan McKinnon, or could be out of the lineup in 30 games. Yeah. It just feels so all over the place. Yeah, Colton feels like 
the same excitement level I had with Arturi Lekin. Like I was ecstatic that they got that great of a player for what they had to give up. And it ended up being a lot. Like it ended up being your organizational future defenseman depth. That's what you gave up. Like you gave up the ability to trade Sam Girard this offseason and move in Justin Barron as a rookie. That's what you gave up for a cup. So that's awesome. I'd, I'd sign my soul away for that any day of the week. I was really excited about Arturi Lekkinen, but anyone who watched him play in Montreal knew exactly who he was. Like that guy is the truth. And I have a lot of buddies in Montreal that when he got traded away, they, they understood why Montreal had to move him, but they were still livid because he's that he just does everything right. And that's what I feel like Ross Colton can do. I the Miles Wood one is just so interesting to me because it like what were your thoughts on it? Did you think the length of the contract is too long? Because it's six years for a third, fourth line guy is <laughs> a big like that's almost like Lou Lam Morello territory to give out a contract like that to a third or fourth liner. Yeah, it was uh that was nuts when he signed for that cap hit at was it six years? Yeah, six um, years, two point two five two point five, two point five. Six years at two and a half. I I loved the number. I think two and a half for him is really, really good. But I was blown away by the term because it's something that Sackett and McFarland really have not done um, unless it's their own homegrown long-term guys. The only ones that they've given long-term extensions to that haven't been homegrown players has been like Val Nichushkin. And you could argue he was kind of homegrown too because he was nearly out of the league. Uh that shocked me. And then we had Chris McFarlane on, on my show uh, like a week later or like half a week after that signing. And I asked him, I was like, what's going on with this? This, do you think he's going to explain it to me is essentially what I said. And McFarland went as far to say is this is the only way that we can get it to two and a half million dollars. And he alluded to the fact that when the salary cap goes up six years from now in the year 2029-2030, a $2.5 million cap hit is going to be nothing. Three years from now, a $2.5 million cap hit with three years remaining on the deal is going to be nothing. So what he was like, what he said is, we're okay with this because if we really want to trade it, it's not going to kill us. And it's not going to kill them if they cut the guy either. Like if they want to make that dead money over a course of like 10 years, it's not going to be tough to get off the books. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think everyone was shocked when that happened because like you said, miles wood was awesome. Like he seemed like he had so much potential two years ago and then he's really just kind of been eh ever since those injuries. He got So what's scary about it is the injury and then the fact, so New Jersey is built in the same vein as Colorado. Right. Like Fitzgerald built that team the same. He saw what Colorado was doing, what Sackick was doing with this team, and they built heavily down the middle. I love their center depth. They've got two really good young defensemen. Now a third coming in with Luke Hughes, who's projected to be a top pairing D-man in this league. The only question mark they have is like, can Akira Schmid re- repeat what he did last year? What scares me about that is New Jersey didn't want him after they restructured their entire roster, right? He was part of that future, part of that core. And then when they went fast, when they went Colorado fast, Miles Wood very quickly didn't have a place on the roster. Yeah, that is weird. You're right there because it is New Jersey. I I think Griffin, I've talked about this, that if they had like any – 
goaltending that was proven in the past, they would be the odds on favorite to win the cup. Oh yeah. That team's a freaking good team, man. That team kicks so much ass. And they're pretty close to to it right now, even without it. Right. Like if they get if they get Connor Hellebuck, which I, I don't know if they will, like that that's that's a cup favorite right there. I I like how they're built. Um so again, yeah, it does it does give me a little bit of trepidation, but all of these things have to be taken with a grain of salt just because the abs front office in terms of their professional scouting, like they don't miss that yeah. this version of the abs front office has not missed when you can have your issues with what they do with non top 10 draft picks. You can have your issues. Go ahead. That's fine. Yeah. You haven't been able to draft develop and keep guys outside the top 10, but on the other side of the coin, like they also haven't missed on a top 10 outside of Tyson Jost, but Tyson Jost was still a serviceable player. Was he a number 10 overall value? No, but the dude's still in the league. Uh, so take, take that as you will. You can have your issues with them not being able to find someone in the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth rounds, but they find players on other teams that find a way to work. You can find it up and down the lineup, whether it's Manson or Lekkanen or uh, Nachushkin as a reclamation project all of these players, Kemper going out of your way. When you thought the abs were screwed and they had to overpay for Kemper, the guy was pretty damn good. He got Vesna votes. So um, until they screw up, until McFarlane and Sackick truly fuck up in terms of like bringing <laughs> someone in from another team, they have my blind faith. Yeah, that's a good I, point. I think they've absolutely earned that much. And continuing on the same vein of people brought in, there's also, it kind of feels like the team's still not finished right now we've been kind of waiting for that that next move for the next little bit seems like the fourth line still might need some work an extra defenseman because right now jack johnson is penciled in as the number six unless sam malinsky really impresses at training camp it seems like they're still looking for a fourth line center they're still looking for an extra defenseman are you surprised they haven't made a move at this point yet and if they do make one pretty soon do you have a name that interests you that is for some reason still on the market? Um, I'm they don't really have the space. That's the issue, right? Like you got just north of two million dollars, and that's using the LTIR loophole right now. So you would be up up a creek without a paddle right now if Landis Scott was healthy. Granted, it would help you move some players down the lineup that you wouldn't uh necessarily have up there right now. Uh, I, I see issues with depth all around the lineup guys. I I said it today on my show earlier that I'm as scared about the abs depth as I am the Broncos depth right now, where like one key injury to your top four defensemen or one key injury to your top six forwards. And you become really, really thin down low really quickly. What you can do with 2 million remains to be seen. Can you, can you get a guy in on like a veteran minimum contract? Like, do you like Nate Holden enough to be a six slash seven D man? That's a possibility. Does, uh, does Cal foot have a home here for, you know, a prove it deal at a million dollars. You can't really incentivize any deals because the abs don't have any more space to do that. But maybe those two guys on the defensive end, I've heard the name Matt Dumba thrown around, but like, he's not coming here. Like, Matt Dumba is going to make more money. There's a team that's out there. that's going to be able to saw some three and a half million dollars and he's worth it. Um, especially on a prove it deal. 
in terms of forwards, I've said this name a few times, and I think he's in the same vein as like a Miles Wood. And if they still want to get grittier and add to their depth, um, I've always, even going back to his World Junior days with Canada, I've always loved how Maxime Comtois plays. Uh, he's been a guy who's been in, in Anaheim, is a former first round draft pick, and looked like he was like, he kind of had a, a similar Miles Wood esque start to his career and then sort of petered out. And uh, it doesn't seem as though he's got a home in Anaheim. I've heard some not great things. I've got a, a couple of people who are connected in that Anaheim room that have said, like, watch where you step with him. Like, he might not be a great locker room fit, but I like what he does on the ice. Yeah, Comtois is a, an interesting one to keep an eye on right now because I've I've also heard very similar things. That's uh, That might be a bit of a, a tricky one to watch over the next little while. I mean, there's also guys like Nick Ritchie, still available if we're talking like grit on the ufa market so our our old friend paul stastny is still out there me and christian have talked danton heinen to death at this point in the office. i would love danton heinen yeah i mean danton heinen i think he would be a great addition just there's some weird names that are just still available caleb jones and ethan bear and it almost seems like the abs are trying to do what they did last year with evan rodriguez and find a guy who slips through the cracks and get him super cheap, but also doesn't seem like there is an Erod caliber player at this. Yeah, point. it doesn't feel like there's a guy like that out there for two million. I don't know if I, I like Ethan Bear the best out of those names. Like he's the best defenseman left on the market that you could truly make a run at, but he's not going to be healthy until like December. Yeah. So are you willing to do the Patrick Kane, Roger Clemens thing where he comes in halfway through the year? You could, but he's also, he becomes a little redundant. Like he's the same defenseman that the abs have. And if you, if you want to get a six, seven that steps in and provides like a little bit more physicality that a Curtis McDermott hopes to, but has a little bit more foot speed and is a little bit better of a, an overall hockey player than McDermott is, then I, I think you got to go elsewhere outside of Caleb Jones and, and Ethan Bear. I mean, Curtis McDermott is is the man. Like the, the number he one is, Curtis McDermott fan here. Um, he's he's the man, and he is like credit to the guy. He is on the ice every single day. It's not because the guy isn't trying to better his game. He is out there every single day with Sean Allard. He's skating, trying to get faster, better with his hands. I, I don't know if it's there. It'd be sick if it turns into a player oh. who can stay. And he's also loved in the locker room, so he's not going anywhere, right? Good, now. good. That's what I like to hear, Raj, because that's that's my guy. Um, but what? So outside of the depth, and we knew we know this team had a ton of injuries last year. Like, do, is it feasible that they have that many injuries again? Because it felt like last year it was every single week we had someone going out for weeks at a time. Outside of Miko Rantanen and Devon Taves, those were like the only two in Georgiev. But that's what also scares me is like Georgiev played 63 games last year, I think is what he ended up playing. And Francois, you have him back, but if he's healthy, what is, is Georgiev going to play 50? Like, do you think there's an, op, like, do you think there's an, any chance that they have as many injuries as they had last year? No, they were, they were historically injured last year. And the fact that Vegas won a cup, like I, I always threw out the stat last year on the show, there was something crazy with, uh, in terms of like man games lost, if you lost yeah. like north of 400 man games, there were only 
eight teams in NHL history to actually make the playoffs. And only one of those teams had won an actual playoff round. And then they added two more teams this year, Colorado and Vegas, both who win their division. Colorado gets bounced in the first round because their injury issues get worse. Vegas gets healthier as the postseason goes on and they win a cup. Like both of those teams were historically injured. Is it going to be that bad? No, but you're also starting with 82 games lost by a man and your captain. Um, I, I think they'll be healthier. I don't have an issue if Georgiev plays 60 plus games again. He loves it, man. Uh, that's what he said before he got into Colorado when he got extended run in New York is when they really saw what he was. And he was supposed to be the heir apparent to Henrik Lundqvist. We saw that last year. Again, the guy got like a couple of fourth and fifth place Vesna votes he likes playing a lot of games and he doesn't have an issue playing a bunch strong in a row. So if you go 60 and 22 this year out of your two net minders, and maybe Francois doesn't stay healthy because he's made like a China doll. Um, maybe we get to see Eustace Annan like, is, is this the time where Annan can show you, Hey, I'm, I'm ready to be an NHL goaltender. Is Annan going to be a starter in this league? Probably not. Um, but if he can be a backup on a cheap contract, Hell yeah. Yeah. And so, and on that same topic, do you believe in the long-term success of Alex Georgiev since yeah. goaltending, as we know, is just such a wild magic voodoo bullshit? I do. I, I 100% do. The only reason why he's not the starter on Broadway is because they found Igor Shesterkin in the middle rounds. It's the only reason. Yeah, it's because at a certain point during the bubble, they had a trio of Igor Shesterkin, Henrik Lundqvist, and Alex Georgiev, you know, yeah. could Good historically be one of the best trios ever. Um. I, I completely believe in him. You got him at a great clip right now. You need to win a cup when he's making three and a half million dollars because he will be due for a significant pay upgrade uh, pretty soon. And we know that the abs don't do the abs have never drafted and developed a single goaltending prospect outside of Mark Denny. That's it. Maybe you could say David Abisher too. Um, but now we're going on 20 years of those guys being gone. Um they don't have anyone in the pipeline that's going to be a stud. Onanen has a chance to be an NHL goaltender, maybe a fringe starter uh, at best in my mind's eye. And I haven't watched a whole ton of um, a whole ton of film on him, but Georgiev is your answer right now. He's the answer in the near term, and he should be the answer in the long term future. If you can find a way to bridge that guy at five million, that's it's asking a lot. But I hope they can do it. I was more like, like. I was just more shocked because you look at Georgiev's underlying stats when he was with the Rangers. Like that year when Shesterkin won the Vesna, what did he have, Griffin? What did we say? He had like an 890 save percentage that year. Like yeah, he was the, bad. So his last year with the Rangers, he was he played 33 games and he was an 898. Yeah. And then he jumps up to a 915 this year. Like it's, I'm encouraged with him. It was nice to not have to worry about goaltending this offseason. I, I will oh, yeah. say that. That was one less thing. It's like, all right. And I know people are going to say, like, I don't think your gift was that bad in the playoffs. I, oh. I thought he was, he almost stole game. Was that game four where they lost an OT? Yeah. If it wasn't for him, oh. that's that series could have been over five. Yeah, of all the problems in that series, Georgiev is far from the top of that list. Yeah. Was he perfect? No, but he did what he needed to do and gave you a chance every single You didn't get blown out in any single game or have a back-breaking goal oh. given up at any point. You had defensive issues. You had Kale McCarr being sussed. You, 
You had nobody scoring outside the top line. Alexander Georgiev kept you in that series. Yeah. Plain and yeah. You had yeah. a half-bodied Josh Manson playing. Like, I still yeah. just remember Josh, that. Oh, he was half-body is, is giving him a lot of credit. Yeah, that, 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 I just I'm laughing because I remember on that OT where he got that he gave that penalty up. He literally dove at I think it was Eberle. Mm-hmm. That, that shit was so funny, man. But I tried that, I've tried to block that out for a little. Dude, while. I I still I do like. Are you worried about Josh Manson at all, like long term? Nope. Because this was a problem beforehand in Anaheim where he couldn't stay healthy, and now his after he signs a contract, he misses what three fourths of the season. Uh, I wouldn't say that I'm like completely scot-free of concern but going into the season no uh he was able to take the entire off season off and i know he rushed back to try and play in the playoffs but it's not like he played a whole bunch of games or a whole bunch of minutes they 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 knew what was going on with josh manson they were having such bad defensive issues that jared bednar just had to go whatever you can give me is better than mcdermott or brad hunt or any like they played brad hunt as a forward like what are we doing <laughs> um, just they, they were, they were injured, man. And I think, I think Manson will play 60 games this year. I'll take that. I'd, I'd, take that. I'd be almost know. double what he did. Last, I'd be over double what he did last year. He played, we'll take 60. Hold 27 last year. But Raj, that goes back to your point earlier on if Manson can't be healthy, then there is a big problem on your bottom pair right now because now you're probably bumping up one of Gerard or Byram to your second pair. Not a horrible thing, but then what's your third pair? Is that is that the famous McDermott-Jack Johnson pair that we've raved about for so long, one of the best pairs in <laughs> history? Um, I, That's the only thing it could be right now, right? Um you don't really have anyone back there. Like, could you bring up Keaton Middleton? Sure. But he's all like, he feels the same foot speed as McDermott is. I I suppose you could. I I don't have an answer for that. (laughs) I I don't. It's rough. man. Yeah. There's no defensive depth in, there's no defensive depth in, in the organization right now. They drafted it and it's three years away. Gulia, you sick. That guy's dirty. Um, they need to, there, how's this? There's your answer. Th- that That's my answer in terms of what they need to do right now. You need to go sign a depth defenseman before a depth forward. Yeah. And uh, the more the off season's gone on, the more I found myself agreeing with that. Cause I feel like at least on offense, it's not great, but there's options. Like you have John Luke foodie that could step into the NHL seat. You have Ben Myers who you just signed. You traded for Freddie Olofsson. You have guys you can put in, and if people get hurt, you have warm bodies you can put in the lineup. You look on defense, and you say, if if Sam Malinsky does not have a good training camp and is not pushing for a spot, there is nothing here right now other than it's Brad Hunt and hoping that those just crazy goals that he scored in January, those crazy (laughs) people, you're hoping you get more of those somehow. Somehow, some way. I'm I just sure. go ahead. No, I'm I'm just I'm thinking about it and it's it's just funny how quick the tables turn on it because not even two years ago it's like this decor was set up for the next five plus years. Um and at the and top you it look is, at it, but it still is, but it's just yeah. the bottom's kind of bottom out. I don't think anyone how surprised were you when Eric Johnson left? Did you expect him to leave or were you expecting him to come back? 
I expected him to come back. Um, I was shocked when he was in our studio and he let us know that they didn't even receive a phone call. Um, Wow. I I thought he was going to get priced out. Like, I thought someone was going to pay him. And that was the only chance that... It's funny, Buffalo was on my mind. And I was talking to one of my buddies who's a Buffalo fan. I was like, dude, Eric Johnson might be like a really good fit. And then a couple of weeks later, he signs with the Sabres. Um, I thought someone like that a younger team was going to offer him a bunch of money and Johnson would have had an offer from Colorado. It, if it was 2 million bucks or maybe even less. And I, I would have expected him to stay. This is home for him. It will always be home for him. Um, he loves it here. He did not want to leave whatsoever, but he didn't even get a call. And that was shocking to me. Um, he was also supposed to be the healthy scratch in the playoffs. Yeah. And when we realized that Manson couldn't play, Eric goes back into the lineup and maybe that was the writing on the wall is that this organization just doesn't think he can play anymore. But like, if you ask me, am I going to take Jack Johnson or Curtis McDermott over Eric Johnson? No, I'm, I'm not. I still think EJ's got a couple of seasons left in him as a bottom pairing guy. Uh, again, loved in that locker room, been here forever. I was shocked. Maybe you can get him at the debt. Like maybe that's a guy you can get at the deadline, right? For cheap that if, if Buffalo underperforms this year, he's on, did he sign multiple years? No, he's just, on a, he's just on the okay. one year. All right, at, so that's not an issue. 3.25. Um, yeah. So he, he would be a cheap deadline acquisition. If Buffalo fails to meet expectation, which is make the playoffs this year. Um, so maybe you could bring him back. I for what we talked, what what we say we wanted to sign him. If it was over a million and a half, it was too much. It was yeah. We were saying like if it's over a million, you're you're tugging at your collar a little bit. But I mean, even then, I thought the Avs would offer that, offer him a one by one, just to see if he would willing be willing to take less to stick around. And then you end up bringing back Jack Johnson at what was it league minimum at that yeah league min, and you still have McDermott sticking around just a hair under a million dollars. I mean, I think with the cap situation right now, I especially for what Buffalo signed him for, that's that was just not on the table at all. For what I mean, good for him, man. I'm still just so surprised he got that much money. Good for Eric Johnson. If there is ever a player in the league that deserves that bag, it is absolutely Eric Johnson. But as we look more at this defense and also Gabe Landeskog is not going to play the season. And now the longest tenured have and one of the biggest leaders in the locker room, Eric Johnson is gone. You bring back Cogliano. There's going to be a lot riding on Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen this season as guys who like Nathan McKinnon, especially like the guy does not lack passion and he's not afraid to, to let other people know that a lot of the time we can talk about McKinnon and Rantanen now here at this point, Without them last season, this team is not even close to what they were. If they were not even a little bit of the the monsters that they turned into down the stretch, do you think they can not only repeat that performance that they had, but improve on it somehow? It'll be tough for Antonin to improve on 55. 55 is a lot. Um, 55 doesn't happen every year in this league. 50 doesn't happen every year. 40 doesn't happen every year in this league it'll be really tough for him to improve upon last year. He was unbelievable. He was consistent. He was always there for this team. And 
while I think you'll he'll I think he'll have a very similar season where he's going to put up between 45 and 55 goals. I think he'll put up about 100 and to 110 points if he stays completely healthy and plays 82 games. Um, his assist totals might go up because I think McKinnon's due for a big goal scoring year. I really do, uh, especially if he's playing with with Drew N and Drew N's as as many points as Drew N put up when he was playing with McKinnon in. Uh, in Halifax when he put up those 105 and 108 point seasons uh, in the, the year that he played with McKinnon was 105 point year. He was a pass first guy. He had 64 assists in that season. Um, so I could see McKinnon taking a little bit more of the scoring load this season. You need to see Nathan McKinnon have a completely healthy year, uh, which we've yet to see. I, I don't know how much we can bank on him doing that. But last year, him throwing up 111 points in just 71 games and being 18 points clear of the next player, which is David Posternock, um, in five-on-five points is crazy. Like, if McKinnon stays healthy for 82 games and he paces himself five-on-five like he has over the last couple of seasons, he's I think he's the only player not named Kale McCarr who can steal an MVP away from Connor McDavid. That was my hot take. We talked on, we had a uh, Evan uh, wall on the show last week. And that was my hot take. I think McKinnon's going to win, win the heart this year. I, I think he's going to go absolutely nuclear this year. I, I, I think I said he's going, I don't know if I said it, but I think he's going to score 55 to 60 goals this year. I Same. think he stays healthy. And I think he's going to, he's not going to pass McDavid in points because McDavid's going to put up, 160 points this year like that that's just what i think mcdavid's gonna do but i really think mckinnon's going to have a chance to to win the heart this year just because one he should have already won two and eventually they are going to get tired of voting for Connor mcdavid to win the mvp right and then they just vote for dry sidle yeah they just give it to dry sidle i know i do hate the it's funny, I, you, you find that weird balance between like a guy winning it every single year, and then I, I also hate what the Norris turned into before oh, yeah. a couple of years ago, which was just like, oh, it's this guy's turn to win the Norris. It's kind of what the the NBA MVP award turned into for a stretch of like five seasons after LeBron won a bunch, is that it's like, well, this guy hasn't won, so like, let's give another one to Steph, or like, here's James Harden's MVP, or here's one for Giannis, and... I feel that the Norris went that way a couple of years when you had the, you know, Shea Weber, PK Subban, um, Brett Burns, Giordano. Giordano. That's the guy I was looking for. I was like, who's the damn old guy that finally won (laughs) 37. Yeah. Mark Giordano in his last year in Calgary wins that one. Um, And now you're going to go into the era of of McCarr Fox, like Dolan's going to sneak in there where, you're going to see guys when like three or four Norrises. I would say that people are going to get sick of Connor McDavid winning the Hart Trophy, but if he puts up 150 points, 160 points, it's just like it, it's, it's really hard. Impressive. It's really hard to be upset about it at a certain point. <laughs> He's so it's good. Just, just ridiculous. He's he yeah. is, he is the best player in the world, bar none. Would I take him over Nathan McKinnon? No, I wouldn't, which is funny to say that i wouldn't take it's it. funny to say but i get what you're saying when you say but, that like, yeah but like, and we all get that what you're trying to and say it's like would you replace nathan mckinnon with Connor mcdavid on this team no we've seen no. the head-to-head 
Nathan McKinnon has, and maybe McDavid is, is waiting to unlock this. Like maybe this is part of, of McDavid that we haven't seen yet, but like Nathan McKinnon has a fuck you to his game. He, he, he does. does. And, and it's something that Sidney Crosby had for years. And he had to like, Crosby had to hone it in. McKinnon had to hone it in. And I haven't seen that out of McDavid yet. While McDavid is head and shoulders better than everyone on the ice he doesn't have that extra edge to him. And you kind of still need that uh, in the NHL to win championships. I, I think McKinnon and McCarr are the only two guys who can do it. Like unless Matthews scores 70, like if Matthews, if Matthews puts up 70 goals, maybe he's the only other guy that I could see like, okay, like he has a legitimate chance to win it, but that's about it. It's like McCarr putting, if McCarr puts up 110 points as a D man, he'll win the MVP. If McKinnon puts up 130 points and the abs go back to first place, he'll win. He'll have a chance to win the MVP. But if McDavid puts up 150, 160, then what are we talking about? I just yeah. love how 150, 160, like you say that about Conor McDavid. You're, yeah. I mean, that's feasible. Imagine, imagine saying that five years ago about yeah. anybody, like it just wouldn't happen. And also I will say, I think it's really funny that the double standard with the abs is like, I agree with every point you just made, but the fact that McKinnon and McCarr are going to be in that conversation together means that neither of them will win. Meanwhile, McDavid will win every single one while dry is right behind him and scoring. And also in that same conversation. That would be funny if you, if you expanded the field to four players and it's McKinnon, McCarr, Drysaddle, and McDavid. That'd be nuts. That would be there. That would piss off so many East Coast people. <laughs> it would, case, it really man. would. That would piss off so many East Coast people. Um, but like you mentioned that, like how close do you think McCarr and McKinnon are to McDavid? Because I I, I tend to think that we're a little biased because we are Avs fans. I think that gap's closer than people give it credit for. Do you think that gap is as close? Because it's obvious Connor McDavid's the best player on the planet, but I don't think, like, I still think Kale McCarr is number two. I'd put McKinnon at three. I think I it's closer between McCarr and McDavid than people give it credit for. I, I completely agree with it. Um, Kale McCarr is going to win five Norris trophies in his career, probably. He could win more. Um I think he's going to have multiple seasons where he puts up north of a hundred points. I think he's going to have a season where he like pots 30 plus goals. It's going to be, he's that good. And I think the gap is closer between him and McDavid than it is, than it is McDavid and McKinnon. Um, Because I just don't think that McKinnon can score at the clip uh, that, that McDavid can like, again, this is, this isn't, this isn't saying that Nathan McKinnon isn't a remarkable player, isn't a once in a lifetime player. He is, but we're seeing like we're seeing a we're seeing a player that we haven't seen since Wayne Gretzky in Connor McDavid. We we really haven't. He's not going to be Wayne, but we haven't seen someone take over games like that since Wayne. And that's just the crux of the issue, right? It's are you Wayne Gretzky? No, Nate's not Wayne Gretzky. Can he be the second in command? Yeah, he can. Um, it's close with Makar because Makar, I think, is head and shoulders the best defenseman in the world, best all around D man in the in the world. But you could make an argument that McKinnon is part of a group of one B forwards underneath McDavid. 
Like you could, you could make the argument that he belongs in a group that includes Posternock, Matthews, Drysital, maybe Hughes this year. He belongs in that group. I don't think McKinnon has his own tier. That's yeah, fair. totally agree with that. And to that same point about McDavid being like the best player we've seen since Gretzky, or at least that kind of player, I feel like McCarr kind of fits that same echelon. It's like we haven't seen a defenseman like that for such a long time. We we came close to it with Eric Carlson before a lot of injuries derailed him. But I do genuinely feel like Kale McCarr is like a synthesis of the complete defenseman of the best we've seen since Lidstrom and like breaking records we haven't seen since Bobby Orr and everything like that. So to that point again, where McKinnon kind of exists in that that second tier with all the other incredibly elite players of the world, it feels like McDavid and McCarr kind of exist by themselves where McCarr just does things that other defensemen in the league can't. Adam Fox is great. McCarr can do everything he does and it's not the other way around. And when it, when it goes to McDavid as well, it's there's really no one in the league that has that kind of skill to just casually have a five point night and do the kinds of things like that three does. out of four nights. Yeah. Just <laughs> every put, night, just, every yeah, night. Just put up like nine goals in a three game stretch. And we're all just like, Oh yeah, it's pretty good. That's all right normal. for him. Like Raj, how annoying! Like you're you were a Rangers fan. You're you're from the New York area. How are you the annoying one in like your family group chat of being like Kale McCarr is better than Adam Fox? Well, it was a couple of years where that family was raving about Fox and how he was better than McCarr. And then there's been a lot of times where I've had to like educate them on things, and I had to educate them on like I had to educate them on Carey Price, right? Because they had Henrik Lundqvist in there in New yeah. York. Oh, he's the best goalie in the world. And I was like, no, he's not. I went, Hen- Henry Lundqvist is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Is he the best goaltender in the world? No, it's Carey Price and it's him and him only. Um, and finally, like they watched a bunch of games of Carey Price and watched some film and then they came around. They went, yeah, if if Henrik Lundqvist moved like Carey Price did, then the Rangers would win 70 games a year. Um they had to come up. They had to come around to Makar. It was a couple of years of being like, "Well, Fox is just as good." And I went, "No." <laughs> I went, "Fox is freaking awesome." Like I love Adam Fox. That guy is a great two way defenseman, and is on a Hall of Fame track already in his career. But he's not in the same tier. Like I, it's it's the same way that I talk about other amazing players in Connor McDavid. Like. So I I mentioned that second tier, right? I mentioned that second tier of forward in McKinnon, Posternock, Dreisaitl. I I see the gap between McCarr and Fox being the gap between that aforementioned forward group and guys like uh, Jason Robertson and Matthew Kachuk and Mitch Marner. Like, does that does that feel right? Yeah, it does. It feels right. It's just, it's so funny because I, I always forget that you have the the New York ties and I can't imagine you were just probably the one person in the group chat being like, guys, trust me, Kale McCarr's better than Adam Fox. And then they all forget that you're in Colorado. So I just, yeah. that, that that makes me chuckle thinking about that. Cause yeah. Griffin and I have dealt with some Rangers fans before they're uh, they can be so lovely online. They're, 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 they're a very kind and respectful bunch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they are. 
They are always so kind and respectful and they always uh, stay out of your DMs all the time. They, yeah, ne- they never try to take that private and also try to <laughs> find your but anyway, but yeah, I mean, it's with Makar. I mean, even with the the season that he had where he was clearly dealing with a lot of injuries and everything and not exactly the same player that he was the year before, still was a Norris finalist and still had like a very realistic chance at winning it. And I don't think anyone would bet against him winning it again this year just because of how, like you've said, heads and shoulders above the rest of the competition he is. McCarr could have won the North had Eric Carlson not scored a hundred points this year. I think McCarr wins the North. I think I have. Galaxy fans were so mad about that this year because it was like the exact same situation last year. <laughs> but it's, it's the same conversation we've had. But Kale was closer last year, right? Kale yeah. was closer points wise and he played more games. And I, I would say it's a similar situation. I don't think it's the same one. Um, yeah, like I think if Carlson put up like 97 or 96, I think it would have been a really, really close vote because all of those voters know who the best defenseman in the world is. Right. They, we all we all just, do. He just didn't have the sample size. Like he, it, it's kind of the thing that they're putting into the NBA next year is you got to play, you know, 60 games or whatever the hell yeah. it is to qualify for a major a major trophy i think that was the thing last year is that kale plays 60 games he puts up 66 points but like if he had played 70 and put up 80 points then kale wins kale wins it again yeah. he's he's that good and everyone knows he's that good uh it's it's a joy to have him here and he is on he's on the league's craziest contract this side <laughs> of jack hughes the yeah. fact that Seth Jones makes more money than him is still just hilarious to me. My favorite thing to do is to look at the active defenseman list and see where Kale McCarr is ranked these days. And the fact that he is 10th on that list is the most absurd thing in the league, bar none. It's, it's freaking nuts, isn't it? it? It should not be. It should not be that way. That top 10... I don't have it in front of me. What the top 10 has to be Carlson. Number one, Carlson. Oh God. All right. It's gotta be a lot of old guys. Um, is it Burns is Burns on there. Burns is lower on the list. I, I can just read this off so we can get some, some good radio of it. Number one's Eric Carlson, 11 and a half. Yep. Number two is Drew Doughty. Old L- guy. There you go. Yep. When he signed that big one. Number three, this one always surprises me is Zach Lorensky. Oh, Who- shut up. He yeah. makes 9.583, which is only $83,000 more than Seth Jones, who makes nine and a half. Seth is the next one. Yep. All right. So then the other guy's got to be like, like is Petrangelo on there? Petrangelo is below Makar. He's ah. in 11th. And it- we're, we're at number five right now. I'll give you guys a hint. We're in the younger echelon right now. It's not an old guy. Is it? It's not Darlene because Darlene hasn't signed his yet. Yeah. Is it Haskin in? Haskinen is below Petrangelo. Haskinen is 13th. Okay. Where's uh, where's Victor Hedman? Victor Hedman is an 18th at under $8 million. That's not fair. That is, again, a ridiculous contract. So number five is Charlie McAvoy at nine and a half. Okay. And number six, I mean, I guess they're both tied for five, is Adam Fox also makes nine and a half. Arnell Nurse has got to be on there. He makes more than McCarr. Yep. Darnell Nurse is number seven at 9.25. That contract makes me wretch every time I see it. Is Thomas Shabbat in there? Or I think he's on a on a way cheaper deal. 
Shabbat is in 15th at 8 million. I like that deal for Ottawa. That's yeah. a good one. And so after this one, there's only one more person ahead of Kale McCarr, and that is Roman Yossi by a grand $59,000. And McCarr is tied for, I guess, technically ninth with Dougie Hamilton at $9 million. That's a pretty good deal. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, pretty dude's good. Worth, the dude's worth $12 million. Minimum. Yeah, walking away. Like, like, imagine if McDavid was, like, the fifth highest paid forward. Yeah, that's like, that's what it feels like. And again, like the McKinnon contract is going to age really well. Three years yep. from now, that 12.6 is going to be a joke. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like awesome. Matt Matthews is going to make more than that probably this coming season, whether he Matthews deserves will make yeah. 15 next year. He's going to so. make more. He's going to make more than McKinnon. Whether he deserves to or not is another conversation, but that Matthews is going to get that kind of money. 13 and a half. Marner is going to make more than him and he doesn't deserve it, but I love Matt or I love Mitchell Marner. I just don't think he's worth more than, than McKinnon. Hey everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN to bet $5 and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or fit or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per game. Eligible opt-in required. Max bet 50. 10 leg reg for 100% boost. Eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at DraftKings.com slash baseball terms. Now, back to the yeah, it's going to be good. They, they have contracts set up for success in Colorado. They do. Yeah. How worried are you about Gabe Landeskog? Like, do you think he's ever going to be able to come back? Or you think that's going to be one where we've seen him play his last game? I had Mark Mathot on my show the day that Landeskog had his surgery. And Mathot, former Ottawa Senator yep. and a Calder Cup, or sorry, a, um, a Memorial Cup in junior in Canada. Yeah. Wasn't he, he the one that got his finger slashed off by Crosby? Yes. Yeah, yeah that was Mark oh, yep. thought. Yep. He had the same surgery, and he came back and played like six games. Oof. And then he called it quits. Um, How old was he when he had it? Older. He was on the older, older. side. He was, in his, yeah. he was in his early 30s when he had it. It was years ago. So there's been years that have had that surgery. And um, it was it LaMelo Ball. Uh, uh Lonzo. Lonzo did Lonzo, Lonzo Ball yep. that surgery as well. So we'll see how he reacts this upcoming season. Um I you there should be a pretty heavy amount of concern. There's never been success with this to a guy coming back to an elite level. 
Um, it sucks, but yeah. the only way to look at it is with a positive light because right now you just got $7 million against the cap that you can use. And if he comes back in the playoffs and he can actually skate, then that's great news because he's going to be able to play for you. But um, it's it's more of a quality of life surgery than it is a professional athlete surgery. Does that mean that the advancements in the surgery can't have come this far where like a pro athlete can rehab it and be back to his game? We don't know. Um, But what it is and what Mathot told us was like, I did this so that while I still have pain in my knees, I can play with my kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's just one of those, I, I, I don't want it to be the lasting memory of him. Like that's the last thing is him hoisting the cup, but also what a fucking way to go out. If it it was like, it's just uh, you, I don't think we realized how much you miss Gabe Landeskog until you get through halfway through the season last year. Yeah. And you're like, Holy shit. Yeah. Gabe Landeskog's fucking awesome. And the worst part about it was, is that we always had that carrot dangling in front of us. Like it's just a little bit longer, you know, it's just like, give it another two months. Landeskog's going to be back in this lineup. He's going to be our trade deadline acquisition. All the problems on this team are going to be fixed. Okay. We'll give give it to game one of the playoffs. All the problems on this team are going to be magically fixed. I almost appreciate about this season is like, there's no pretending about any of this. this. This is the team you got. There's no magical savior coming in. No, there is not. No, there is not. Yeah, it's um, it's tough to swallow, but yeah. you gotta you gotta hope it works. And if it doesn't, then uh, you move on, and you have seven million dollars to go and to go and sign somebody like that. Everything else, that's yeah. just the uh, that's what it is. All right. Well, yeah. I I have one last question, and then we'll let you go because you've already given us way too much of your time, and we appreciate that. What what's your prediction for the Abs next season? I. St- Still think if healthy, I still think they're the best team in the West. I like what Dallas did. Yep. I would have loved Matt Duchesne at three million dollars. Oh yeah. yeah, I think they. I've never hated Matt Duchesne. Nope. Um, you don't make Team Canada multiple times without being a really, really good hockey player, and that's what he did. And he's a guy who can score forty in this league. Are his days of scoring forty over? Probably, but. If he turns into a 30-goal scorer this year for $3 million for Dallas, that's going to give them some good punch. Their forward core is now coming into its own. Their young core, their Robertson, their Rupe Hintzes of the world. But how many more runs do Pavelski and Jamie Benn and uh, and Tyler Sagan have left in them and and, uh, and Ryan Suter? I don't think they have many. Um I thought Jake Ottinger turned the corner last year in terms of his inconsistency, but then the Western conference final happened and it was like, I just saw the first round pick Jake Ottinger, who was like the future of the men's national team here in the U S for many years when he was a youth player. And then it like reared its ugly head where you went back and like Dallas at some point, a couple of years ago was probably asking themselves, is this kid the future of our, of our net? Um, if he's consistent, Jake Ottinger is a, is a mean, mean goaltender. Oh yeah. Dallas to me is the biggest threat. I think Vegas is a threat as well, although they did lose some guys. You have to pay Marsha. So, but you lose a couple of guys that you had there for a handful of years. Um, but if Jack Eichel continues to be healthy, man, that guy's a top three pick and, or sorry, second overall pick that, 
can put up 100 points, 115 points in a year. I love how that guy plays, plays with grit. He's a good centerman, skates well, can score at an elite pace. Um, I think, I think Colorado finishes first or second in the division. I think they get out of the first round. I think it's Western Conference final for me is my prediction. Okay. Um, yeah, but I still yeah. think I, I think they're the best team in the West. I, I can't sit here and tell you with the as much confidence as I have in the last three years that like, yeah, they're my team to go to the cup final. I think they're a Western Conference finalist and they have as good a chance of anyone in the league of winning a cup. And the Vegas odds will will reflect that. So give me at least Western Conference final appearance with a very good chance to win a cup. And yeah. I think it goes, I think you play, I think you play Edmonton in the West final. And then I think you see, I gave someone my prediction the other day. Rematch 2001. Give me Colorado and New Jersey cup final. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that, that'd be good. I'd like I love that. that. Yeah. I think, I think there's always like a team to beat every season. A couple seasons ago, it was Vegas. I think this year the main antagonist for this Avs team is going to be Dallas. And it feels like they're just kind of on a collision course right now, the way things are standing right now, because a lot can change during the season. But as we stand right now, they're on a collision course to play in the playoffs. They're one one game away from it last year, and they're overdue for that rematch from the 2020 bubble where everything just went wrong for the Avs, as it tends to sometimes. And the way these teams are constructed and the way that their trajectories have been going, it, just, it feels like that's the goal. It's like, if nothing else, if you can beat Dallas in a playoff series, even if you can't get out of the Western Conference final, that would still probably feel like a pretty successful season because you are not you don't win every year. At, yeah. the end, at the end of the year, one team wins the cup and it'd be awesome for it to be the abs again. And if you get to the final four, you have as good of a chance as any. But if you can take down Dallas... Even if you you drop the conference final to Vegas, that still feels like you succeeded this season. Three cups is a dynasty in this league. Two cups means you verified what you did. The Avs did that in the early 2000s and late 90s. They verified that they had some of the best teams that were created in that era of the sport. They did not turn into the Detroit dynasty that they could have. They didn't turn into the New Jersey dynasty that they could have. Same way goes for LA, right? LA confirms a Stanley Cup championship winning two and four, but were they Pittsburgh? No. Were they Chicago? No. And that's where you're looking for the abs right now is can you put your stamp of verification on your cup championship two seasons ago? And then after that, it's a matter of if you can win another one to solidify that third as a dynasty to get up there with the Crosby's, the Canes, the Taves, the uh, the Lidstrom's, the Iserman's, those types of, of names. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with everything you say, but I just think it's so funny how fast the goalposts move to like, you got to win a cup. Okay, now you got to win another one. Then you got to win three to turn it into a dice. You are completely correct. I am not disagreeing with you at all, but I just, I love how the narratives change. I would be, so I would be, I'm satisfied with two out of this core because we saw a core of a bunch of Hall of Famers and like arguably the greatest (laughs) captain ever to play, arguably the most talented power forward ever to play, arguably the best goaltender ever to play. They won two as a group, right? So like, that's how damn hard it is. Sidney Crosby is going to win three in his career, unless he leaves Pittsburgh, which I don't think he's going to do. 
it's really, really hard to win a bunch of, of rings. I will be satisfied with two. I think it would be a major disappointment and failure at one. And yeah. three is above and beyond. You are the you are the best team of that generation if you win three. Unless another team wins three, which is very hard to see a lot of the times. You are the best team of that era if you're winning three Stanley Cups. And the as well as we talk about like the abs are so set up for the future. I mean, the clock is ticking. Miko Rantanen has two years left on that contract. Devon Tays is up now. And Kale McCarr, I mean, the clock's gonna tick down on that contract faster than we'd like. There's four years left. <laughs> which is a lot of time, but those four years are going to go by really fast. So they'll win one. Yeah, they will. I, are, are you, are you still, are you still very confident Raj that the abs and uh, Rangers are going to win, win some cups in the next five years or is it four in the next 10 yeah, years? You, you think the Rangers are a little bit tougher now with Lafreniere? Oh, the Rangers fucked me. Um, <laughs> the abs got to win four, don't they? Um, <laughs> I, a couple of years ago, I loved that sentiment, but can I change it to another like absolutely New York team? Can I change it to the yeah, Devils? Move, just, yeah, move it up the road. Move it up the road a little bit. It's bare. It's barely moving the goalposts. So long as it's <laughs> within the same zip code, it's fine. Capo Caco and Alex Lafreniere. Those are the two guys that you can blame for, for yeah. me not meeting my four cups in ten years quota. Yeah. But hey, Abs could do it, and then we're gonna look back on that podcast. I'm gonna say, hey, I said combined. We're right. In. Yep. You got it right. You got ultimate, it right. Ultimate loophole. And then also, Raj, I had one last thing. I, I Dempsey and Co. Check it out on Outsuit Sports Radio. Fantastic. I what's you guys are like? Can we get you guys some better cameras for when for when you guys are doing your stuff on Twitch? Um. Okay. So good news is, and we have not told anyone this. So you guys. Okay. Are good. We're getting breaking news here. This is a legitimate um, first. Altitude Sports Radio is moving into brand new studios in Lone Tree starting in October. And we're going to have okay. a brand new outfitted studio with like 4K HD cameras because Good. we simulcast the morning show on television. Yep. So like we're running from webcams right now. I know. That's what I'm saying. Man. Like you guys make great content. And it's like we're watching this. I'm like, is this like 2012 right now with these cameras? Like I know these guys got better cameras than this, man. Yeah. Um, so the good news is, is that those cameras are being installed in the new studio right now. They've got, you know, pan, tilt, zooms. Good. Uh, we're, we're unveiling a brand new, uh, like broadcasting software that we're going to use up there. So come October, maybe November, depending on when that thing is done, you'll see a much crisper product. Good. Cause I just always laugh. I'm like, these guys are making great content and I love watching it on I'm Twitch. doing it with zero it. budget. All right. <laughs> it's just, it always cracks me up. Cause then I'll watch the TV show of, of Mosier, Kane and Lombardi. And I'm like, I'm like, what are we doing here? Like these guys are the biggest sports <laughs> morning uh, Christian, radio Christian, show. Christian, to be fair, can we talk? All we do is talk. There is yeah. no video content here. I know, but it just cracks me up because I'm like, man, these guys, like, I would have thought they would have gotten some, because you guys blew up on Twitch. Like, that's yeah. really where a lot of this stuff happens. Like, they need to get some better cameras, man. Like, come on. Dude, it is, that is where that, it's where all of that started was on Twitch. I got yeah. bored during COVID. And I was like, hey, we're going to do this. Yeah. So, yeah, we will, we will have new cameras. Good. I promise. I Good, because yeah, I I love listening to you guys. It, it's it's the best morning. I, I can go from Mosier and Kane to you guys, and then end it with uh, Andy Lindhall and Nate Kreckman. Like we we we'll just call it good, and we're good there. So, 
But you got anything else going on that you want to tell the world before before you, you get uh, out of here? I'm I'm going MIA for essentially the whole month of September. So I will be Hell yeah. I'll be gone for training camp. I'll be gone for preseason. I'm getting married in like 26 Ooh. days, and then I'm going to Bali for uh two weeks. Um so I'll I'll be back in the end of September, early October for for Avs hockey, but uh that that's about it right now boys that that wedding freaking oh, out yet that the, the countdown no, I never, never, freak, never freaked out my my fiance has carried 98 percent of the load good all right um and we're getting to the point where i need to pull some weight under <laughs> that's how it goes <laughs> man I've, i can't I've, I've handled the honeymoon and i'm i'm finishing off a bottle of wine here tonight and i will make sure that i've got a couple of things a couple of thank you cards written before i go to bed there we go Good, man. Well, congrats on that. Uh, Griffin, you got anything else before we, we kick him out of here? No, we're all good. I mean, congratulations again, Waz. And again, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. And again, really appreciate your time. And we'll hopefully hear from you again soon after the wedding. I hope you have a wonderful time. See you, boys. All right. Thanks, Raj. All right. That was Raj from Altitude Sports Radio. Just, just the best as he always is always so much fun to have him on it 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 cracks me up like just the fact that he's been on the show probably what five or six times over the past year and a half yeah and he he still comes on so i i don't think it, it's weird like oh he actually kind of like it's the same thing with evan it's like oh they actually must have kind of enjoyed the conversation yeah i guess had, i guess so. it wasn't the equivalent of like getting your nails pulled out or something yeah. i guess they kind of enjoyed the conversation yeah. with us yeah and Raj will always be that day one. We can send him a message and he's going to do whatever he can to come on the show. And um, it's just, it's cool to see him get the success he's getting on altitude sports radio. If you didn't go see the tweet of him matching with his co-host, Chris Dempsey uh, wearing the same Lululemon shirt, that was uh, the highlight of my day. It made me laugh so hard, um, but make sure you check out Demp- Dempsey and co check out all the radio shows on Altitude Sports Radio. I think it's a lot better than 850 KOA. Griffin, this is making no sense to you because you're you're in Maryland, but 850 I KOA. I know some of these words. Okay. Yeah. They literally like their claim to fame is like we're the number one Broncos. Uh like they will talk the Broncos even when like the Avs were winning the cup last year. Awesome. It was crazy, dude. Um, but yeah, Raj is the man, and I just I can't wait for hockey to be back. Like we've had, we had him, we had Evan on. It's just like, dude, I just want it to be fucking hockey season already, man. Yeah. Like, we're at that point now where it's like, it's dead. There's a, there's a whole reason. Like for those of you who haven't heard yet, or is this the first one you've listened to in a little bit? This is our last quote unquote normal episode for a little while here. We're going to get into our player reviews uh, starting on, we're going to release it on Monday this week our first of all of the player reviews of all the players on the team, what they did last season, what we expect from them next season. That's going to last for about a month or so. And that's, we're going to pre-record all of that and have it scheduled out for that time period so that then we can take a little break and reset our brains and everything so that when we come back, we're really ready for hockey to come back and really excited. Just a good way to reset ourselves and everything. We'll talk about a little more, at the end here, but just even to finish up on Raj, it's just, it's always so nice of him to just take the time out of his day to, to join us. Like there's nothing to talk about right now. Nothing's happened with this team or anything. He could very easily have just been like, guys, fuck off. There's nothing to say right now. We're all taking a break right now. I'm getting married in a month. I'm not doing this. And he's just, just an awesome dude. Dude, Also bold to get married in September. Like that is like, 
you got to really love your wife to miss the football season. I mean, I would certainly hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. But like, I I think about that and I'm like, imagining like the day that I get married eventually where it's going to be like, would I get married during football season? No. But would I also get married during hockey season? No. So like, I have like, that leaves you with a very limited window. I have like a two month window to get married whenever that comes. And that's, you can, but you can sell it as the summer. I can. And that's the off chance that my wife isn't like, fuck you. We're getting married on this day, which I imagine that's how that's going to happen. And oh, well, the sacrifices we make for love. sacrifices you make, but yeah. Dude, I have a wedding to go to on Labor Day weekend. And I'm like, I'm like, Michigan plays. That's week one. Like, I I, I can't miss that. (laughs) Like, they're playing fucking, I think they're playing Bowling Green. And it's like, Michigan's playing. I think it'll be okay. You know? Yeah, but like. But like the thing is, is like the wrong Jim, Jim Harbaugh is not even watching that game. You're good. I know, but like it's like it, it, I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm gonna miss the Michigan game. And like the girl I'm going with, she's a bridesmaid in it. So like I'm gonna know no one there. I'm gonna be sitting by myself. I've and had it's just experience. like it, it's like I'm missing the Michigan game for this, bro. Yeah, like, but, but the food is free. It, yeah, but I could be at a bar watching <laughs> this game, man. Like Listen, it's just. That's- I've been through the same thing. There was, uh, it was when the Avs, they lost both those games against Columbus last year. I missed the second one. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. The that only... was when they were in Finland and they were at a weird time, like 11 No, no, no. That was the year before Finland. These were the ones they lost against Columbus. Oh, I... yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I know which ones you're talking I... about. They lost an OT. Yeah, I did miss the Finland game this year, but I'm a bad host. But yeah. even still, the only way I got through that experience was like, wow. There's a lot of food here. I don't know anyone here, so this is where I'm going to hang out for uh, yeah. about four hours. Yeah, I'm just like, I, like I'm pumped about it. Weddings are a blast, but it's like, man, I am missing Michigan football for this. And yeah, that's going to be. T- I have another one. Like another, they're getting married on October 14th. Like oh. that's that's week seven, bro. I can't miss that game too. You're killing me, man. I like these, horrible, this these horrible people. You aren't at right? the like you're right at the age group where like all of your friends start getting married. Like you're like a couple of years ahead of it. But everyone you know will get married in the next like three to four years. I have five weddings to go to this year. Five. Like in and they're all like, why can't we do them in the summer? Like I've had one this summer. I have four. Like I have one. It's just I'm wedding out, bro. I'm wedding out. It's only so many times you can go though. It's just like, okay, fine. I get the point. I get yeah. it. Love is great. Yada, yeah, yada, love yada. is awesome. You guys have it. I'll be over here watching football by myself. I don't need. Oh, people. my phone will be on it. Don't you get, don't get me wrong, bro. I, I will have my phone on the game, but uh, yeah, just to put a wrap on it. Shout out Raj. Congrats on getting married, dude. A little bummed our invites never showed up. He must've lost our address. That's you know it's okay for as yeah, much as cool. complained about weddings. I don't think you'd you'd really be in. A oh, wedding. I mean, I would have sent him a wedding gift. Maybe we should send him a wedding gift. We probably should. I mean, you know, he's done it a little bit for us. I'd say. Yeah, I mean, I've sent him a couple free shirts. Yeah, we'll we'll think of something. That's something we. Talk I about. think we can think of something better than our merch. <laughs> Design merch, yeah. <laughs> um, but let's uh, let's talk about the little NHL news we have. Um, it was one that it's. It's very funny to see people's reaction to it because Always I've is. been Always I've been is. I've been friends with you for two plus years now. And I've watched a lot of Caps games because you're watching them and they're usually on before the abs and I watch them too. 
when you saw what Tom Wilson signed for, you saw people going like, that is so much money to pay a guy for 50 it. points. I called but, every second of it. I know you did. But when you look at it, there, that's the reason why I wanted Tom Wilson on the abs. He may not score a ton of points, but he is the ultimate locker room guy. And yeah. that's why he got paid that much money. And like you said, he will be the next captain of the Washington Capitals when Ovi yeah. retires. Every, everyone freaked out about the contract. For those of you who didn't see, Tom Wilson signed a seven-year extension with the Washington Capitals at $6.5 million a year. And I called it down to the tweet, basically. Whereas like everyone wants Tom Wilson right now. All these fake rumors are circulating. They're like, oh, the Senators have a deal in place for Tom Wilson. The Kings are in talks about acquiring Tom Wilson. I said the second he signs that extension – Everyone's going to shift that attitude to actually this is an overpayment and actually Tom Wilson sucks. And what is the conversation then all of today? It's too much money. Wilson's actually bad if you look at his stats. It's a great litmus test to find out who actually watches the hockey. Tom Wilson's fucking awesome. Is it a lot of money? Yeah, six and a half million dollars. It's not 15 People are treated like this isn't a boat anchor that is going to sink the team. And uh, newsflash: that team's already sunk. Yeah, it we're fucked. <laughs> there's just no, there's no saving yeah. this boat. This thing did not go through an iceberg. It is also on fire at the same time. This boat is going down, and I'd rather have it go down with Tom Wilson. The guy is awesome, and yeah, six and a half is a lot of money. Uh, your GM would have paid him more if he hit the open market. All 31 GMs would have given him seven plus on a seven year contract. Not the Rangers. Not the Rangers. They'd give him eight. They'd give him 10. Let's be yeah. honest. But that that's why I wanted Tom Wilson to be an AV. And... I still want Tom Wilson to be an AV. If he's not going to be on the caps, I'd still trade assets to get him at that same contract. Because trust me, guys, I know if you just look at the point told, he's like, oh, this sucks. This is one of the worst contracts in the league. It's not. Tom Wilson is worth every single penny of that. And the only concern I ever have is that he just came off of a pretty bad ACL injury, but he already did come back from that. And he was great. I mean, he is the ultimate lovable guy. He's going to be the captain of the team. And yeah, the team's going to go through a rebuild. and It's going to take a while. That's why he's going to stay. You need that. You They're going to have to reach the cap floor eventually. Right, so, but also that's going to be the guy that helps move the the young players that are probably like fourteen right now yeah. <laughs> along into the next era of this team. I have zero problems with it. Like, do I want it to be less? Sure, I want every contract my teams ever sign to be less than what they actually are. But I think that there was a total meltdown oh, on yeah. today. It's like it's one of the worst contracts in the league. What are they doing? This is horrible. This is insane. It's like. It's not that serious. It's no. fine. Like, cause like, you can rebuild and pay a good player. It's not, it's six and a half. Once the cap starts going up and I, I know that's the excuse. Like, oh, once the cap goes up, it's going to be fine. Once the cap goes up, it's going to be fine. Trust me. Like it, this, I saw the Lucic comparison, everything. He's a better player than Lucic was he, in his peak. Like Lu, Lucic, I think at his peak, was a better player than Wilson. I'm just less concerned about it because Tom is staying with the same organization right. this time and having the same role. And he he made 5.1 on his last contract. This is a $1.4 million increase. Yes, it's going to be for a long time. It's really not that bad. I promise. Like, this is 
not as big a deal as people are making it out to be. And again, if he wasn't signed yet, everyone would still be saying, oh, we should we should go trade for this guy. The, yeah. cap, the caps are rebuilding. We should go trade for Tom Wilson. But now that he signed here again, now he's not available. Now everyone hates him again. Well, it, it, the same narrative could have been saying when he gets traded for two first round picks, people have been like, oh, my God, what an overpay. And that would have been what happened. It would have been two first round picks and probably more for him. People would be like, what are they doing? Not realizing that this is a valuable commodity in the NHL. The, you can't have the narrative shift from when you have the Panthers and Kachuk go on the run they do and talking about how valuable power forwards are. And for years, we've talked about how valuable a player like Tom Wilson is. And then when he actually gets paid valuable money, it can't then shift to this is one of the worst contracts we've ever seen. Yeah. He got paid exactly what he was always going to get if you were paying attention. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's just it, it's just one of those things where I begrudgingly am happy that he's staying in Washington because I wanted him on the abs and I thought the abs actually had a chance to get him, but he's a perfect fit for Washington. And like you said, like th this team's already fucked. <laughs> We're fucked. It's yeah. over. It's yeah. so unbelievably <laughs> over. The last chance they have is this season Yeah, where if Backstrom can come back to being anything of what he was, if Oshie can stay healthy they were also historically injured last year. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert on my thoughts on the Caps. This is not a playoff team. I don't believe that they're going to make the playoffs this year. It's done. It's over. I'd rather it be over and for probably the first time in my life outside of my Ovechkin jersey, have a Caps jersey of a player that's actually on the team. Yeah. Ron is gone. Berkey's gone. I had a Christian Juice jersey. Jesus Christ. Dude. Yeah. That's I was a fucking deep. I was a, I was a big Christian Juice truther. A couple of years ago, I I really believed in that guy. Every jersey, That's a ballsy I had, jersey to get. I really liked Christian. <laughs> That's a ballsy jersey to get. Awesome, dude. awesome name. I've yep. never heard a name better than Christian Juice, the best name in the NHL, and he was good for a year. Like he played really good the year yeah. that we won the cup, and even still. I'd rather have the ship go down with what like one of my favorite players of all time on yeah. it still, and it's not going to sink that like. I've seen a lot of like this is gonna stop them from rebuilding. Where they no, it's not. No, no. It's six. It's six and a half million dollars. It's not because what Ovi has what four year three years left. O Ovi has he's got three years left at nine and a half. Backstrom is two, but like that's the thing. Backstrom's gone in two. Oshie's gone in two. Kuznetsov's gone in two at the most. All that money's coming off the books right. soon. And, and if six and a half. He could be the highest paid player on the team in a couple of years. Yeah. Like once Ovi hit once Ovi hits that record in the next three years, we'll see if he sticks around or not after that point. No chance. I mean, it's Ovi. The guy fucking lives and breathes hockey. He might just, I know, but like I I think he goes back to playing the KHL. I mean, maybe, but if he feels like he can like if he's still putting up like 40 plus goals, I Ovi's not the kind of guy that's just gonna walk away. After that, if he still feels like he can put some distance on that goal record, he's the kind of guy that's going to do that. But even still to that point, like Wilson's going to probably be the second highest paid player on the team in two years. They're going to try to make the playoffs this season. I think that's lofty, but they have a chance to do it. And then the years after this are they're going to get pretty tough to watch. 
I, I was laughing and I, I wanted to send you something, but now that you're working, I didn't want to piss you off at work. It was one of your AI generated people on TikTok. Was it, was it, the same, was it the same yeah, guy? It was the same my, one. I my favorite guy. What's it? Uh, what's his name? I was just talking about him with someone else. Yeah. And he was like, Ovechkin's one. Of, he did his top 10 overrated someone players. Else, someone else. Someone else sent it to you. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm glad I didn't. And I was like, oh, this would piss Griffin off so no, much. That, that's man. what the conversation was today is like <laughs> someone sent this in our caps thing. And my first reply was stop sending me this AI generated freak. This guy isn't real. None of his stuff is real. I saw he had him as like the seventh over most over player. It's like, dude, Ovechkin is one of the all time greats. I have, I have the list right here. It like it's just the most randomly generated list of all time. <laughs> it's like Ovi's in fifth, Patrick Kane's in fourth. Like who who's rating Ryan Nugent Hopkins so high that he's third on this list? I don't like. Why is Vili Husso at two? Who are you? <laughs> why are you on my timeline? Mike, Martin. I saw that and I was like, dude, you cannot say Ovechkin's overrated. He's almost fucking 40 years old. And he's scoring 35, 40 goals a game. Like, this is what he is, dude. It's like, this it's is what greatest, he is. The greatest goal scorer of all time is overrated because he doesn't like back check as well as Mark Stone. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm Ovechkin could spend every single one of his shifts standing at the one timer circle and make every defensive possession a five on four. And I would not care. No, I wouldn't either, dude. Like, it's just, I, that makes me, I'm sorry. It's like, no one's saying Ovechkin's a top 10 player anymore. Like if people were like consistently saying like, we know what Ovi is, he's still fucking awesome, but he's literally trying to do one thing and one thing only in the NHL anymore. And that's break Wayne Gretzky's goal record. It's like, again, th this kind of content just digs under my skin. Cause it's like, who are you? <laughs> I only, love the fact that someone else sent it to you because yes. I saw it and I was like, I really want to send this to Griffin, but I know he's just going to get pissed off and he's probably at work. So I'm not going to send it to him. It's, it's just my first reply is we need to collectively stop giving this AI generated person attention. <laughs> like you look him in the eyes and like, there's nothing there. All you see is the ring light. There is no soul behind it. The only light in his eyes is the external ones. Oh, that makes me laugh so hard, dude. But yeah, I just, it's just so funny. Um, but to wrap it up with Tom Wilson, I think it's a good contract. I think he's one of the most under, like you say, he's, I don't say he's underrated. I think he's just getting paid proper value for what a really good power forward would get paid in the NHL he's, today. He, I don't think he's underrated. I think he's overhated. Like there's just, there's just so yeah. it's all in on Tom Wilson on one side of the argument. You're either all for Tom Wilson or you want him in prison. Like there's, there's really no in between with him it's like the contract is not great it's not bad it's fine yeah it's fine it's not a big deal like every conversation about tom wilson ever calm down it's not that big a deal yeah like it's just every single time tom wilson gets a little bit of trending on twitter is like they're holidays for me it brings out the absolute worst in people and it it, it just baffles me every time and it's so funny it's yeah. so unbelievably funny to me. It, it's just, I, I, I saw that. I think you texted it to me this morning and I was like, that's a good deal. Like, I saw it and I was like, that's, that's a perfectly fine deal for a player and for a team that in two years when Ovi or three years when Ovi leaves is going to be shit. Yeah. Like going to be like bottom of the barrel trash. Like yeah. just like it, Tom Wilson, even if he does suck is probably still going to be the best player on that team. Yeah. And that's what it is. Also, just as we end, I did see one more TikTok, and it was not that. 
it, it was, I don't know. I think it's cause you sent me a Ravens TikTok or I sent you a Ravens TikTok asking you if you made it. So now I've been getting a bunch of like DC and Baltimore on my TikTok feed and it ranked capital one arena as the last place NHL arena. Last. Yeah. To, I was like, I've never been sa- under like the saddle dome, which is like, yeah, they had them as last. They had them as last. I mean, it's not ball arena, but it's, it is probably the most average experience you can get. At a well, and I heard there, there's a movie theater in there. Maybe. Oh, man, that's, never, what, that's what the TikTok told me, man. I, like it, they had and them you, ranked and last. You know what they say? Everything you see on TikTok is true. Well, dude, my brain's TikTok. melting because I'm watching so much TikTok. Like I, I, you, got, you I know, need you know, you can set TikTok. like time limits, right? Like you can make it like 15 minutes. Yeah, but then I just spend more time on the X app, and I don't need to be spending more time on X app. You should clarify that's Twitter, by the way. Yeah, X, bro. Yeah. Well, there's, there's also other X platforms out there. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, I'm not going to the one with triple X's, dude. Like, let's get out of here, man. I'm just I'm just making sure you're we're we're clear on that. Yeah, but honestly, man, I'm excited for these player reviews. I think they're going to be a blast. Um, they were fun last year, and. I love seeing your face and I know we're going to talk probably the entire time on break, but I am excited to actually get some R and R before hockey season. Cause we're going to blink our eyes, dude. And it's going to be here. Oh yeah. It's like, it feels like free agency was a month ago. All right. It yeah. feels like it's been three months, but also not that long yeah. at all. So, I mean, this, for everyone listening, you're not even really going to notice that no. we're gone. We're going to probably sit down over the course of this weekend and maybe sometime next week and just, pre-record all of this for you just be little 30 minute bite-sized episodes maybe some shorter ones for like the the logan o'connors of the world but we're going to be doing them for everyone they're going to be coming out a lot more often you're going to be getting these i'm i'm gonna iron out the schedule once they're all done probably every other day starting on monday so the the days that it'll be out on monday be monday wednesday friday then on sunday tuesday thursday that kind of thing if I need to iron out that schedule more, I'll obviously let all of you know. But that's pretty much what we're looking at right now. Just to kind of let us breathe because I'm I'm having fun right now, but my brain's mushed. Like my my brain's been mushed probably since November. My brain's always mushed. Yeah. So like it's like that, my it... like my brain is always a potato, but like now it's mashed potatoes. Like it's it's not good. Yeah, we gotta get you back to the baked potato stage. Yeah, like get get a little bit of bacon crumbles in there, a little bit of butter. Yeah. It's it's just a fucking mess. Yeah, right now. but and also it's at that point in the season where it's like we we literally have been talking for twenty five minutes now about weddings, um, Tom Wilson, and AI generated TikTok human beings. Yes. Um, it's been fun, but also this is a Colorado Avalanche show. Um, yeah. And as so- it stands, right, like it would probably be worse if we continue to put out content like just at a normal rate because i tried that alone and it was not good at all i enjoy me and you talking but also at the same time i think what makes the show good is we keep focused on the abs it's there comes a certain point where it's like i'm not a very focused person no i can get very easily sidetracked and there comes a certain point when like there's no one topic to keep me focused you get today where it's we're talking about weddings and like my, that Tom Wilson escapade was n- nowhere near coherent. I I know that no, I'm good. well aware. You're solid. You're solid. It's, it's okay. Yeah, you were you're good. Yeah, it, it's just it it it's a good time and it's still it's still going to be here faster than we think. 
And like Griffin said, you you as the listeners aren't even going to notice. It's just me and Griffin are actually yeah. just going to. Yeah. And since you're not going to notice, we should probably stop like calling attention to it. But yeah. Know. Yeah. Me and Griffin are going to see a lot of each other the next two days, which isn't a bad thing. Yeah. I know, I know you're putting up the front, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All but, right. But even then. I, I don't think I have anything else to complain about. Um, I'm excited for high school to start again. So all the fucking high schoolers get out of my gym. Um, I'm excited for that. And don't buy five inch short guys. Like it, it's just, it's a look, but if you're as white and as tall and as skinny as me, you look like you're, you're wearing a diaper. So that's my word of advice for the five inch inseam short crowd. Yep. And it's a great visual for everyone out there. <laughs> I had to give them a good one as we leave, man. Right. But yeah, I've I've got nothing else for this one. And that is going to be a wrap on season three of the Teledabs podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, entering officially off-season mode. Again, we're going to be putting those player reviews out there. You're going to be hearing from us multiple times a week and getting content multiple times a week. But the next time you hear from us, in a normal fashion, we're going to be getting ready for training camp. We're going to be getting ready for the season. We've got some. We got some special surprises cooking up for season four of Oof. this freaking show. What the hell has happened here? I don't know. The fact that we still somewhat even get paid is mind blowing to me, and the fact that people listen is mind blowing to me. But uh, yeah, season season three for me, season four for you. That's it, still very strange. Man, I mean, we'll let you guys know what's going on over the last little bit. My brain's about to melt out of my ears. So let, we're going to wrap this one up here pretty soon. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in. We are going to again be back on Monday this week and have content coming out pretty much every other day after that. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in. Use promo code TELEDABS, it is, on Twitter for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, X... You can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at Tell It As It Is. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in to another season of the Tell It As It Is podcast. And we will catch you all next time. But until then, let's go abs. Let's go abs.